This week on This Galarian Life, our heroes are forced to deal with the consequences of their past hours. If I may say, you all live a very cavalier and adventurous lifestyle. Such as war. There are challenges ahead. If it was not so far away, I would think it was a bird, but to see a bird from that distance, it was something far larger, something foul. So it is a bird. Challenges that force complete reevaluations. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Oh, it actually works! <laughs> <laughs> All I got to do is bully Derek, because he doesn't have a spine. But his revelations are made. And then you wake up in a cold sweat. Name on your mind. Face on your mind. And you remember. Well, shit. How will the party push on? You sneaky bitch. <laughs> Every time you say that, I add it. I keep it in the intro. Listen to find out. Hey, everybody. It is your DM, Derek, coming in for episode 63 of This Galarian Life. And before I get to the meat of the issue, I want to do some housekeeping. If you like the show, if you have fun listening to us do our weekly thing, uh, please like, subscribe, follow us on your podcast app of choice. Leave a review. It really does make a huge difference. Follow us on Twitter at Galarian Life. Follow us on Facebook. Email us, GloryInLife at gmail.com. We got a website that's in the episode description. In fact, everything I've mentioned here is in the episode description. We also have a Patreon, so if you're interested in that, we're going to have some pretty cool rewards coming out pretty soon. But this week is a week where I do something that I've been putting off that last week's episode kind of forced my hand. Gorgug died. And we never had a true, proper send-off. Now, Truxton's dead. It's always strange doing funerals and remembrances in tabletop games, because, I mean, these aren't real people. But as a person who's played many characters who have died in maybe one specific game, thank you, Gavin, these characters kind of become part of you. They, they matter to you, and we hope you feel like the characters we've created for you matter. So we want to give them a send-off that they deserve. One that they would, if their world was real, and one for the purposes of the podcast, of the show. So, in this episode, even though it's not just the funeral, we want to say goodbye to Gorgug and Truxton Pendleton. And I hope we do these characters justice. Presenting Episode 63 Lost weddings and a funeral. Amber is the color of Erickson or G. So you all had a hell of a day. That's <laughs> true. Uh, I fixed the so, bug. It was it was good. They couldn't save products in Spanish. Okay. So last night you all got uh, attacked by those little nightmare creatures, and then you woke up and traced them down to the warehouse. And then you murdered a doppelganger. And then you did some stuff around town. And then you took off for the munitions camp. And then Gorgug died along the way. And then you met a new friend, Taraja. And then you busted into the camp, killed two bar guests. And then you got into a fight with some golems. And Truxton passed away. And then you fought an air elemental kind of creature. And then you uh, escaped uh, two hobgoblin troops, and now you're back at Longshadow as night begins to fall. You all, you all have had a hell of a run at it today. You can say that again. 
you all have had a hell of a run at it today. If I may say, you all have a very cavalier and adventurous lifestyle. Such as war. Syrix is still covered in dirt for digging a hole for Gorgug's body that we didn't use. <laughs> and <laughs> she says, I say we call it a night, go to bed, and we'll handle the funerals in the morning. Uh, <clears throat> the mayor is there, and he says, um, Oh, Truxton and Gorgug in the same time. This is most troubling. I will... You all get some rest. I will make arrangements. Um, to the best of my ability, we can try to get some people from your home. Is there anybody in particular that Gorgug or Truxton would want present? What was the name of that? Does anybody know the name of that gnome lady? Oh, Navi, yes, that, I believe that was Navi. <laughs> sure, sure, shut the fuck up. You don't know anything about her. I think uh, he, want, he would want her there. I don't, I don't know. I, Gorgug would like Rufus, I think. As long as these people are at your camp, I mean, it's well, probably going to take some teleportation magic. No, no, he's in the Underdark, I think. Do you know an exact location? That's a negative ghost rider. Oh, then perhaps an IOU on her being here. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. How big is the Underdark anyway? Just, like, look for her a little bit. It is very large. Have you ever heard of the planet of Galarian? It's about that size. A projector comes down, a projector screen falls behind his back. Here, (laughs) film real kick on. Lessons in Civics, presented by the Galarian Educational Foundation. Does anybody have a sending spell? I don't do magic. Could we get a scroll of sending? Perhaps it's rude of me to interject this moment. I will anyway. The thing about graves is they don't tend to go anywhere, and I believe this city has very pressing matters that you all need to attend to, that I need to assist with. I uh, need to get them a fine funeral now and bring the friends when peace reigns. Maybe, I I don't like it, but I think our new companion is right. Something uh, quick to sate current tears, and then later have something more grand, a bit more of a celebration rather than a, I don't know. Oh, so we can do what I suggested earlier and just dig a pit and throw their bodies in. No. Oh, that is the long shadow way. That is not what I wanted to do. That's not what I want to do at all. Something I... short for now and then, and then bring in the people later. I will tell you this. I will do the best I can to get a small number of important people to them. I can go to the clerics, see if we can reach this Navi person. We can get this Rufus. And in my short time with Gorgug, there was a gentleman he seemed rather fond of back at your home, a gentleman named Rocky. Perhaps he can come too. What the hell did we do with that thing? He's just chilling, man. He went sniffing for scraps and gems. So wait, does that mean he's still living back in our cave thing? No, we took him with us to New Tellersburg. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, there's underground caves there. One underneath the well. Yeah, we were in there once. Well, then. Uh... So you all get some rest and we will do what we can. It won't be a big ordeal, but a spirit is often comforted when people who they care about are around. Okay. Maybe beside rest, we could do some planning. Focus on the mission at hand. Yes. We don't, uh, 
I don't fully agree on the intent of Cyrex's plan, but functionally, practically, uh, she's right. We should probably move on for now. Come back to it. I think he just said he's bringing them in, and so we'll have a few of them. Some of them, at least. It doesn't have to be a giant ordeal, as these men would clearly deserve, or a half-size ordeal, as Truxton would deserve. Maybe, maybe we put them in a pit for now. Do the funeral later, I mean. <sighs> you all need to yeah. make up your damn minds. Well, if you would stop and we'll we'll have... we can work this out. They weren't your friends, Mayor. I've known Gorgook since I was a tot. You have not. Mm. I say you we said, have... Uh, you the know. great thing is his dick never got bigger. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, there, you son of a and bitch. Then, and then the mayor rips off a mask, and it's been Gorgook the whole time. Uh, Gorgook. <laughs> I almost made a wicked Gorgook joke, so you guys are very lucky. Bards are known for their humor, after all. <laughs> <laughs> Could you punch Gorgug? Uh, Tanasia, Talasia. He needs it. Tanasia's just looking around. She knows somebody just tried to call her by a name that was not hers. So she's yeah. not going to response. That is not your name. I am terrible with names. Well, at least you're handy with that glaive. What service can I offer? I don't. <laughs> While you think on that, good mayor, is there a temple for Ayamaday in Longshadow? I will take that as a resounding no. And you should take it as I'm looking it up. Regardless, I will need it some point tomorrow or as soon as possible to discuss with you the iron thing. I have certain questions that need answered. Oh, yes, if anything, I, I I, don't know a lot, but anything I know, I will be able to tell you. Uh, what, what is your name, by the way? My name is Teresia. Teresia Flamebreaker. The last is a title. My parents were not quite that exciting. Well, any friends of these young people are friends of mine. Okay, I uh, am going to be honest here. Um, I'm going to to stop trying to make a decision. I just can't. I I think we should leave it. I want to leave it uh, my vote to whatever Cyrix said. My indecisiveness is going to get this town sieged and killed. I say we have the funeral. And, like, on a meta level, we probably should, just because if we put it off, we'll forget. And then not do it. <clears throat> okay, when's the best time? Because we do have a siege going on. We have it in the morning. It can take literally an hour or two. If this teleportation magic gets people here quickly, I don't see why we can't get it done in the morning. And continue on with preparations. Okay, sounds like a Aren't you all from another town with defenses? Yes. Not well, defenses like this. Well, if we're using high magic to bring guests, why not bring a militia or two across as well? More meat for the walls? Oh, I'm sorry, that sounds awful. More combatants to fight back this horde? Teresia, you strike me as a woman who does magic. I am but a conduit for I am what is beauty. But yes, I suppose. Sirius's eyes like roll back into her head. I don't know if you've ever seen someone teleport before, but it would take an army of magicians, magic users, whatever the fuck you call them, to transport an army to fight. Besides, we're not going to leave our town defenseless to defend Longshadow. 
Also, fun fact, the militia is already in the Hollow Hills scouting, so you already have access to them. Goddamn, they've been fucking scouting for so long. Do they have anything of relevance? They can tell you where See, I just, I just, I forget them sometimes. <clears throat> what the fuck is my son doing? He's your son. He's just out there having a fucking kegger, goddammit. <laughs> just because, just because like it is his son. son doesn't mean you know what your son is doing. Well, this... I honestly don't know what the Frenchman just said. This has been delightful, uh, but I'm gonna go take a bath. Good night, all of you. Do we want to do Sirix's bath scene in detail? <laughs> no! I'm just taking a goddamn bath, Derek. As the water rolls down her new vile breast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> do one of those fucking disgusting male author scenes. She stood in front of the mirror. The water lapped at her skin. Her boobs boobed boobily. She looked at herself and thought... Wow, I need to lose weight as she stared at her 110-pound frame. Wow, thanks for ruining Teresa's shower scene, Sears. <laughs> I Let's just want to take a bath. Let us all rest and recuperate. I believe we have a long day and, well, a long week ahead. I also have two points of con damage. And then the party went on a tangent about Sears in the shower. Nothing, nothing. My guess, Sears, sometimes the best remedy is a good night's sleep. And good prayer. I will pray for you tonight, Sears. Oh, no, I'll pray to for my I'll pray to my own goddess. Thank you. Oh, who is that, by the way? Oh, I worship Calistria. Oh, well, wow. she is a beauty. I suppose for one as beautiful as yourself, that seems appropriate. Surprisingly, not a shitty take. Loris mildly <laughs> confused, but is right with it. So, um, yeah, after a. Uh, I mean, if you have a good night's rest, it's you'd heal back one point of uh, ability damage if anybody else has any, and then you heal. I don't have any ability damage, but I do have quite a bit of meat damage. I don't Um, like that flesh damage. So we're all going to bed? Yeah. Okay. After a nice long bath. Yeah. Does anybody else have any business to take care of before? I'm trying to think offhand. Meta moment. Are there any third level or below cleric spells that can assist with healing ability damage. Uh, restoration, lesser. That's, is, is there actually a, oh. Lesser restoration, yeah. I can, Cyrix, I can perhaps assist you in the morning once I prey upon my spellbook. Sounds delightful, Teresia. And just like that, Teresia will blow the rest of her spells on a channel positive to help you all. You will heal, oh god, what would it be at this point? Like only like 48, so. I'm very low on abilities, you see. The number is 30. The number is 30. Oh, dang, I'm up to full health. Damn, 7887, Teresia, you bitch. Why is is your channel? Because I'm making up the numbers, Derek. (laughs) (laughs) With Eve's God, one one of us has to do it. Okay, whatever. I'm fine with that. Oh, it actually works! <laughs> <laughs> All you gotta do is bully Derek, because he doesn't have a spine. I'm actually feeling really, really fun tonight, boys. So you all put your heads down gently on the pillow. Maybe it's hard to go to sleep, but eventually you all drift off. Jock, Xerix, Laura, any will saves. For the love of God. Is it an enchantment? Yeah. I'm so tired of these Well, I got a 16, so fuck you. God damn it. I'm as- you know, earlier I was going to say 
don't bully Derek, but you know what? Now I'm glad I didn't say it. <laughs> I got a 21. Uh, 29. You're not affected, Teresia. My mind is like a steel trap. <clears throat> I rolled a nat 20 for a 31. Yours, was Yours is an adamantine trap. Teresia didn't even have to make the will safe. Uh, Laura, what do you what do you think you're dreaming about? Probably my uh, dead husband and all the wars I've been in. Jesus um, Christ! Well, that's ever so convenient. Oh, so I don't know if, if it's like uh, you're dreaming of your wedding day or or simpler times, but didn't she just say what she was dreaming about? Well, I she said dead husband. That doesn't mean bad. So whatever, how whatever you're dreaming about. Uh, Somewhere about halfway through the night, there is an abrupt change, and you are standing in a room uh, comprised solely of rocks. Uh, you feel like it would be underground, but something something deep inside you makes you feel like you're, in fact, above the ground. Um, and in front of you stands a... Well, doesn't stand. Is lying on the ground a body of a nondescript hobgoblin but one that seems uh, much more powerful than the ones you all have been fighting Um, there are three arrows piercing both of her shoulders and then one right through her eye and she's dead and deep down you know you've done it the iron fang are gone and then you hear footsteps behind you and in walks Greg Toller, and he looks at you and smiles and nods and then moves to embrace you. And then there's a clap of thunder outside as another man walks through the doorway, Gorgug. And you know, you're, you're confused because your husband's dead and Gorgug's dead. But as you take the time to process this, Gorgug, Gorgug pulls out his longsword and stabs Greg straight through the back and Greg lies dead on the floor and Gorgug turns around to walk away but out of the darkness uh, a rapier flies right into Gorgug's neck and Truxton Pendleton appears out of his invisibility and now Gorgug's dead and then the body of the hobgoblin stands up and you turn around you turn around with your bow drawn ready to strike again but it is uh, Sirik standing there instead and she looks at you she looks at Greg's body and gives you this deep satisfied smile and then she does the same thing to Gorgug and she snaps her whip at Truxton and it wraps around his necks and she asphyxiates him to death then she walks past you and you're unable to move and then you wake up in a cold sweat Ah, yes, the resentment of all the people who failed my husband. Laura just kind of, like, stands up, realizing she's not going to be able to sleep again, and just kind of goes and sits by the fire and thinks. Uh, And you take four points of constitution, or, sorry, charisma damage. Oh, I did take charisma damage, I forgot. Oh, damn, I'm, like, sitting at, like... (laughs) I have one charisma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it actually makes sense. And and you're fatigued. Cyrix. Yes? What are you dreaming? Cyrix is probably dreaming about previous places she's lived where she's felt safer. Um, 
you remember what it's like to be a child on your mother's cat cottage uh, before she went all in super insane and then you flash and you're at various brothels before before everything went to hell and then you're dancing at the Fandar Market Festival and then you jump again and you're in the troglodyte cave during one of your uh, periods of peace and things are good and then the tone feels like it shifts and you're in an underground cavern there to your north there's a hole on the floor that you just crawled out of there are three unconscious bodies of your friends lying on the ground and a golem wielding a bow standing right next to you in a moment of panic you cast invisibility and you start to run and behind you you hear a sound of a large arrow crack into the ground slightly before that you hear it hit bone and you begin running faster and it happens again and you begin running faster and it happens one final time you're now in the courtyard of Fort Nunder and your invisibility runs out runs out you keep running and eventually you find a town to rest in and kind of have to confront what you just did but you're sitting at the tavern one night and there's a tap on your back and you turn around and there's a young woman with a symbol of Caden Callian around her neck and she smiles and then there's this rush of emotion that you haven't felt for I don't know 10-15 years now and you've heard this word several times since but now you know what it means Ferrum? Do you say anything? So like I know who she is now? Yep, this is Ferrum. This is the girl you grew up with. This is a girl who you fell in love with, but now you know that she was taken away far, far too soon. I thought you were dead. Okay, so this is going to be funky <clears throat> because you're both people. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's the funny thing about death. Sometimes it don't stick, Sirix. Um, <clears throat> you flash forward your uh, continent away up in um, your your back in Varisha and you're in a small town and you're eating a, a dinner together and and you flash forward again and you're at your wedding and you look into her eyes and it, it feels safe finally like this is this is what you've been waiting for your entire life and then you flash forward and you're out in the garden picking vegetables and you bring them in and you make a hearty soup and and you just think about how lucky you are that, that she's back. And then you're sitting on the porch as an old couple thinking back of thinking back on all of the things you've done and all the places you've been and you wonder if you wouldn't have run that day, would you have ever found her again? And then you wake up in a cold sweat, name on your mind, face on your mind, and you remember. Well, shit. And take one point of charisma damage. That's fine. Uh, Sirix also probably isn't going to go back to sleep. Uh, so she goes and sits by the fire and probably cries a lot. Jacques, I had a real good one for you. That's all right. I guess we'll wait until tomorrow. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Don't give Jacques nightmares about his child. 
dead spouse. How many dead spouses are there? Infinite. In total. Like, well, around, like... In we got the party, three, right? In the world. I mean, in the world, that's... In the party, come on. Because, I mean, oh, did Grogook? No. Grogooks are... Well, not that he knows of. And Kirsten, technically. Oh, no. Three? Two or three? Greg died. Truxton died. They weren't married. And they weren't really together when he died. All right. But still. I assume Jacques' wife is dead. So the uh, sun begins to rise. And I guess you all make your way to the town square. They've gotten young little Rufus is there. Um, Rocky, Rocky Balboa is there. The mayor uh, seems confused because he thought it was going to be a dude, but it was actually a dog. Olrad and Rena are there. Sirio and Cobb are there. Daniel's there. Some of the militiamen are there, but it's it's a generally a pretty small affair. You all, you all knew them much better than I. If you all have an idea of how you'd like to uh, run this thing, far from be it from me, for stopping you. And then Nava steps forward and goes, any any sort of magical assistance you might need, just... We need three fires. Yeah, uh, Light them one by one. Nava uses um, a spell called Major Creation to create, like, a series of logs and kindling just to set up not big funeral pyres, but, like, campfires. Because lighting funeral pyres in the town center might not go great, but she uh, symbolically gives you the means for getting the fires. And then she's got uh, uh, ways of lighting fires, whether it be a spark spell or you guys want to do it with flint and steel, whatever's easiest. So when Greg passed, Gregoog led us and thinking of three things that were very important to Greg. We each spoke on them as we lit the pyres. And while Truxton and Gorgug may not necessarily feel attached to family and honor and community, well, more Truxton than Gorgug, we have thought of three things that we would like to speak on to honor their legacies. The first one, and I look to Jacques, being weed. Well, uh, it is a bit, uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that's the only paper that's ever going to stay in the show. I, uh, I, uh, I didn't know them the, the most out of the group. I, I left for a bit to deal with, uh, some personal matters. A lot longer in my eyes than it was to them. But, uh, to speak on Gorgoogs specifically, uh, maybe that can lead uh, other people. But I've known Traxton for a while. Um, we we met a while a while back. Uh, I used to have a wife, and after she passed, I uh, I didn't know really what to do with my life. I was estranged from my son. I, made mistakes um, and I just kept making them uh, over and over um, so in one of the one of the houses I was in I don't remember where I don't remember much of that time 
uh, I was there and incapacitated on the floor. And I, th- I think I think he woke me up by saying, "Who the fuck is this ugly bitch in my house?" or something of the nature. And I opened the, my eyes, and he was there, and he kept telling me to get out of his house. And well, the rest is history, I guess. Uh, I bought him a drink as a thank you. And uh, one thing led to another, and I mean, after some of that, we kept meeting. Uh, he was he was a uh, he was weird. He he had, he knew the name of the plants we had, and he would he would go around and point them out to me, tell me what they would do. Uh, and uh, he would never stop making making fun of my hair. I've changed it since then, but again, it was uh, it was a good time because I I never. I never thought, I never misunderstood where I was with him. And every scrap we got in, well, I guess not every scrap, um, we, would, we would make it out all right. This one was just, uh, well, we rolled the dice not as well, metaphorically. It was bound to happen. I'm surprised it happened to him before me. He was a good man, a good gnome. I, uh, saying I'll miss him is uh, an understatement. I'll go up and I'll take my flint and steel, not really knowing how to use it, um, mess up a couple times and then just finally hit it and it lights up. Ah, farewell, friend. Before we let Laura speak about something that drew both of them, Gorgug and Truxton, together, I may not be the best per- person to speak for Gorgug's life. We didn't always get along so well, but Gorgug was a good man. And the thing that he honored or, or valued was land ownership. <laughs> All he wanted was a farm so that he could live out his final days in peace, away from the hurt and pain that he'd seen in the army. And it's unfortunate that he never got that. He saw some of it when he helped found Utelersburg, but He never truly got to end his days in peace. And for that, I'm very, very sorry. I, wherever that half work is in the afterlife, I hope he has a little farm where he can grow vegetables and shoot squirrels and yell about kids these days on his lawn and finally know what it means to be at peace with oneself. And then I lean down and I light the second pyre. And finally, one trait that they both shared was rage. (laughs) And Laura Teller will speak for both of them. Laura steps up. She looks real bad. She's been (laughs) looking bad the last couple days. She looks real bad. Oh, actually, wait. Let me help you with that real fast before you have to talk. (laughs) No, I I want her to do this with one charisma. I want her to give a funeral speech (laughs) with one charisma. Please just let me be above. face. Just let it just let me not be terrible, Derek. Come on. This is just flavor. It's true. Uh Laura steps up. She kind of looks around. Her eyes are very tired. Rage is something that has propelled me through most of my life. Most of my life has been conflict and struggle and war. In truth, I kind of like it. So did Grogug for a time, but he wanted to reach peace. Something that I had 
reached for some time with my family, but war came and found me again. It took my husband and it's taken friends. Truxton, I did not know well. In truth, I did not like him very much, but he was a worthy ally and a comrade in arms, and he will be missed. May this war not end us all. And she uh, kind of takes her symbol of Aristil and she kind of sets it on the pyre as she lights it on fire. And she kind of like reaches into her pocket and she kind of pulls out an old, old, slightly rusted symbol of Gorum and she just kind of clutches it in her hand. Are you about to, are you about to go full Rambo, Laura? War is hell when you die. I I looked up to Gorgog more than anyone, and like a, a tear falls down Rufus's cheeks, and Rocky kind of uses his tail to push it off, and he looks at Gorgog's body, and he looks at Truxton, and he goes, "Alpha, uh, when when oh, when they came and got us this morning, they just popped up in the middle of town, and we were all." scared but then then it got worse they told us they told me my heroes were dead and it's gonna take a long time to get over this but i i have to be strong i have to be like them so uh yeah if you all uh, don't mind i've prepared a song like at the last funeral Teresia embraces the boy Sing, sing for the goddess. I hopped off the plane at LAX with a dream in my cart again. Welcome to the land of Amethyst. Whoa, am I gonna fit in? Uh, and then he, he just can't finish his verse out, boy. That was very good. And then Nava, Nava cast Prestidigitation and, uh, and the Jay-Z song's on. That'll be ghosts out there. <laughs> Whatever. Does Rocky do a dramatic ballet? No, Rocky's gonna speak common for the first time. Before <laughs> an asshole. I learned this for you, Gorgug. You were the only thing I ever loved. So I put my hands up. <laughs> <They're playing. laughs> and then we buried. What was this Justin. about getting? Ba- what was this about getting sued? <laughs> and then- sued I can just probably know you're contacting Derek as we speak. <laughs> we bury Truxton in Gorgug's arms, cradled like a baby, in the way we knew that they would both respect. Somewhere in the green fields of the afterlife, Gorgug's laying on his back, looking up at the starless and cloudless sky, enjoying the day. When suddenly his ears start burning, metaphorically, <laughs> I mean. Oh, they just won't shut the fuck up about me, will they? Well, back to that daily grind. And he stands up, kisses on the nearby wheat, and gets to chopping. <laughs> so as as you're burying the bodies, the uh, camera kind of starts panning backwards, and we emerge in a room where there's a small mirror playing out the scene and Navi looks into the mirror and goes that son of a bitch 
Yeah, well, I don't know what I've ever done other than build up that trust over the course of the last couple of decades, because I, I feel like I'm getting a little bit of undue suspicion in this case. Can't tell. I'm not the spring orc I used to be. Why do you stay? Uh, because, again, I'm. this is the first thing that's been anything close to a hospitable environment that I've ever been in in my entire life. And I like it, even though it still involves, you know, killing and murder. And I was doing that before with people I felt less safe around, so. You're the bastard son of a bullshit military leader and a woman they found on the side of the highway. Well, at least, at least he did something with his life and brought away doing dishes and reading old books about magic. I feel like she has similar features to the slave girl you once knew. Do I know you? There's a chance we passed. It's not like half horse or two around the battlefield anyway. You know, you don't have to you don't have to put up with all this. Why don't you just run? I've been through a lot, but I've never once run away. Of whips cracking and this slave girl who had been temporarily liberated is dead right in front of you. You know they say it's good luck to have an angel with you on the battlefield. The reason that I've been so Set, you may have noticed a slight mood change. Is that while down there really caused a lot of uh, a lot of death and sadness? I I'm just gonna spit it out and I. <laughs> whoa, 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 Kirsten! I said, get the fuck out of my face. Well, let's see. I can either go to the plain of Gorum to live out my days fighting and fucking, or I can go back, live out my days down there fighting, homeless. I'll make you a deal, Harold. Perhaps, as a wielder of the blade, I need to hone my skills a bit. You can send me back to that material plane, but I need to get stronger first. Gorgoog! As as Gorgoog and Truxton end their embrace, you see a single manly tear from Gorgoog's <laughs> Truxton, I'm glad you're back. We were all out of gnome piss. And perception checks. Oh. Uh, 17 perception. 28 perception. Teresa with a hot 25. Nice. Hi, Alan. Come, come on. <clears throat> Jax, imperceptive bitch. All right, I'll roll. All right. <laughs> I regret rolling. Uh, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why, viewers. Uh, I have a negative one, so this resulted from a nat one to a zero perception check. Amazing. Jock, you're you're disassociated, dude. You're dissociated. <laughs> you're confused as to where you are, Jock. Well, that's not new. <laughs> he did like hit the hit the weed like five times at that funeral. Yeah, I, I think that's probably how we explain it. Um, oh. Laura, Taraja, in the distance, far away, uh, you make out a little speck of a creature in the air. Big, big wings. It's if it was closer, you would assume it's a bird, but the distance away seems to be something much, much larger. And oh hell! Disappears over the horizon. He said, "Laura and Taraji got that." Yes. Where are we in the city? Are we like near the walls? Or are we inside the middle? Where are we exactly? You'd be in the middle. Uh, two, three minutes away from the walls if you run. Teresa looks to the nearest guard. You run swiftly. Tell the guards on the walls. Grab their bows. Creatures to the whatever direction. I saw them just over the horizon. Creatures? Some type of flying beast. I could not tell, but 
Let's just put this way for you, If it was not so far away, I would think it was a bird. But to see a bird from that distance, it was something far larger. Something foul. So it is a bird. <laughs> Could be any matter of winged, winged beast. It could be a plane. My God. Probably, what? What? Could it perhaps be a Superman? Are the devils here? <gasps> the planes are open to us. Knowledge, Sir, knowledge planes. Sir, Swift, yes, my, my one charisma, I tell you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Laura, when are you going to just be my friend? You know, if we live through this, I'll give you one chance. Here, by the way, Laura, come here before we fight a bird. <laughs> it's not a bird. It's probably a weaver from their beast camp. I'm telling you, it's a plane. Laura just kind of like glares at serious. Look, with Chuck's and Don, somebody. Uh, you heal three charisma. Ball. You heal three charisma, and you're no longer fatigued. That's good. That makes my life a lot easier. Treasure, baby. Yes, Cyrus, how may I assist? You, you said something about patching me up this morning? Are you suffering any ill effects from it? What? Uh, Meta, are you losing HP because of your negative count right now? I think she took two points, so she would have to. But I healed one from sleeping. No, you didn't. You're fatigued. You didn't have oh, to go night rest. <sighs> yes. All right. You heal them all the way back up to full, and you're no longer fatigued. And I'm out of lesser restoration, so don't fucking ask for more. Teresia, darling, you're wonderful. And I kiss her on the forehead. Teresia does not respond to that. She starts making her way towards the nearest wall where that beast was. I'll follow. Ironically enough, we must take flight, my friends. <laughs> so funny. Cyrix um, trails along reluctantly and angrily due to that pun. Uh, so when you get to the wall, you like move up on the tower or step outside maybe no outside. <laughs> Damn it. not outside the wall but outside of them don't do the parapets we have pairs yes a pair of them in pits um yeah so give me perception checks once you reach the top of the tower please don't embarrass me again dice i mean you can what actually make this I got, a, I got a 24. Better than William. Um, you beat me by one this time. Last time I beat you by 11. I still beat you, though. So you, um, and you only beat me by one. You can. Second place is just first place loser. It, it's like a pinprick in the sky now as it's flying, like, away. But you think if you wanted to, you could track it. Can I. Does anybody have knowledge arcana? What about Grogu did, didn't he? And so did did, uh, Truxton, right? I had survival. What about spellcraft? No. What about knowledge nobility? No. It was a very regal bird. Uh, Roll intelligence checks. Oh, fuck. We're a very dumb party, you see. Yeah, I rolled a seven. Eight. I rolled a 16. Jacques, bring us home. Oof. What am we're I rolling again? Intelligence check. We're all rolling flat checks right now, Derek. <laughs> okay. Plus one. Is... Oh, I got a ah, nine. You asshole. Okay, so Cyrix, this, this, whatever this is, it seems like it's moving like faster than you all can walk. So that probably means that you can't necessarily keep up with it and you're eventually going to lose 
lose it in the air unless you somehow can remedy that situation. Well, does anybody have fast travel? No, you're too encumbered for that. I can get naked. <laughs> I drop all of my gear in the box, uh, strip down to my skivvies, and then use the shift button to sprint. Actually, Derek, can we can we catch it by running? Nope. Because it could very well be doing that, too. But in the air, or there's less things in the way. It has a land speed. You have to reach at least that land speed. Do, don't we saw that map of approximate camp locations? Yeah. Well, we know which way it's flying. We had that yeah. map. Well, yeah, don't we? I mean, is it flying towards or away the setting? Is it flying towards or away I, from I the direction? So it's like, I don't know how to say it. It's flying like in the general direction of where you believe it to be but not like in a straight shot. So it's like, so if, if hypothetically the camp was like to the north, it's flying like northwest. So it's like flying in the direction of it, but not like actively to it. Yeah, I want to be honest with you. I don't think we have a feasible way to catch this thing. Even if we hop on a horse now, it'll take us a few rounds to find a horse. And I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, we can start heading towards the camp. We know it's heading approximately that way. Maybe we had north, northwest till we run into it. And maybe we get lucky on the way and find some uh, purple ones. Find some, find some weaver and droppings. Yeah, I, I agree. We should follow. So you're going on foot? We'll, we'll get the horses they were, they were given to us. Okay. Take flight, my friends. Fly, you fool. And I cast group flight upon the party. <laughs> nice. Only y'all had haste. Uh, I can cast haste only on myself. I'm so sorry. Channel vigor? Yeah, fucking Derek just had to go and kill our haste bot. So y'all get on horses and you start riding to the direction. Each off. I'm gonna take my horse to Old Town Road. Give me a perception check. Well, I'm gonna ride till I can't no more, Derek. Let's see what the day gods say today. Just a 20. I got a 27. Uh, Laura and Cyrix. Give me a perception check. A second one? Yep. 29. 21. Lauren Cyrix, give me a perception check. I don't like this, whatever it is. 30. 32. <clears throat> uh, so, Laura and Cyrix, uh, pretty early on, see that as you're running in that direction, you see the little speck of the wyvern in the air as if you've caught up for it. So maybe maybe in the time that you were grabbing the horses or whatever, it, it had to take a, a pit stop at the local come and go or something. Um, but you get your beat back on it. And then it ducks below the tree line and you lose it for a couple minutes. Then that second perception check, you guys find it again and you're closer this time. And then at one point in in your travel, you uh, it makes like a sharp turn to the east, and you kind of have to redirect your your horses towards around this like valley in the hills. But you eventually uh, find it again, and it leads you to this small little encampment. There's two or three like lean-to tents and a uh, like a, an area of space that's just like covered by a canvas. So it's like a large canvas circle 
that is propped up by uh, about 12 fairly sturdy poles. As you approach, the uh, the wyvern's not super duper around. So you... Was it because this was an ambush? No. I mean, no. Derek's being a sneaky bitch. Can I look for signs of activity in the area in terms of uh, like trampled grass, etc.? Yeah, I mean, there's like wyvern footprints and stuff all all around, along with some like humanoid-sized boot prints in the dirt. Um, probably three distinct humanoids. How fresh are they, Derek? Um, hours. The enemies have been here, but I cannot tell how recently. But it was hours. Give me perception checks. Twenty-three. Twenty-four. Twenty-six. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Jacques. Hey, Jacques gets it. I got a plus uh, 20 because I'm a dumb bitch. Um, so, Laura, Sirix, and Taraja, you notice movement underneath the uh, the big old tent. Taraja pulls out her long sword and points it towards the tent. Whoever's in that tent, step out now with your weapon sheathed. We may spare your life. <laughs> Laura just kind of pulls her bow back. I don't think they're willing to negotiate. Furries, kill them on sight. Respectable. What, Derek? Do I recognize that sound? Uh, Knowledge Arcana. Oh, I was hoping for a survival check. Um, So it's not like an enclosed tent. It's just like a covering. Um, So as you get closer, you can kind of make out the situation a little bit more. There's like a uh, a bowl (laughs) dug into the ground that this thing is covering. And there's like, still from a distance, there's wood and moss and stuff and leaves all built around the base of this thing and inside there are three very small well smaller than you would expect creatures uh chained up to a pole in them oh my gosh fur babies Cyrix, look well i wouldn't say fur so much as i would say scale oh my goodness do they appear hostile there i i mean they would, it, it, as hostile as like an animal would be, an animal that's been chained up. Teresia mm-hmm. peeks around the tent to make sure there's no other beast in here. And in not seeing any, she will reach into her pack and pull out three rations. She looks over to Jacques. Paladin, keep your eyes up and your blade, most importantly. Yeah. And I'll walk over to these beasts as close as is safe. And I will, come here, little fellas. It's okay. Wow. Wow. The goddess listens to all creatures. Come here. Uh, oh, it's okay. Don't be like that. And I hold, hold the little ration up to his little mouth. Ah, uh, he, he sniffs it a little bit, and then he kind of backs off, and then his, his eyes get all wide, and he he bites at it kind of kind of uh, aggressively. Oh. Um, and then uh, he gets it in. Like he gets a little bit of your hand in it or two, but he, he spits it. He spits it out. I don't know why he would spit it out, but he does. <laughs> you remind me of one of my sisters. <laughs> and then she gets really sad, but then she gets happy again. She goes, "They're kind of friendly, guys. Come on in." And then one says uh, in Draconic, "If only you had a bard with you who knew how to speak Draconic." I only know Infernal, Celestial, and Common. I can't help this. I speak Orcish. Close enough. I speak Elvish. Um, so, I mean, you feed them and they kind of seem satiated, but then, like, after a couple minutes, they just don't like being tied up. 
Teresia looks at them. Do you understand me, little fellas? Nod your head up and down if you can understand me. They, they wiggle them side to side. Okay. Well, here's what I'm thinking. I believe they're trying to communicate, but in a tongue I do not speak. Uh, I believe cutting them loose may be wise. They're too small to pose a threat, but it's one less tool in the enemy's belt. So we kill the baby wyverns? No, we cut them loose. My goodness. I sheath my whip slowly. Very well. I pull out well, I, can't, I, I pull out a little dagger. I go, by the goddess's word, you are liberated. Be free and fruitful upon this earth. So you release them and... They all attack me at once. Let's go! Let's fucking go! <laughs> um, they uh, start to uh, fly off and one gives you you a, a little side-eye, Teresia, which you understand in every language. It means, yo, dog, we could have got out of this if we really wanted to, but you, I, I guess... Which way are they flying towards? So they're they're flying, like, to the west, um, but they kind of, like... Kanye? Yeah. Uh, so away from Long Shadow, and not really in any direction of anything else you guys know about. But you also think that they're babies, and they're probably just fucking flying, and they don't necessarily know where they're flying. In the arms of the angels, fly away! Okay. Exactly hits that note better than me. And then Teresia gets serious. Let's wait here for my mom to come back and gut the bitch. Oh, so we can't, we can't kill the babies, but we can kill the moms. Cyrix, children are about sin. It's the adults we have to kill. Oh, don't tell me you're pro-life. I don't even know what that means. Wyverns, baby wyverns fly away and they disappear over the horizon. Can I get perception checks? My cat eating and now he is. God, 13. Roll the five. Roll the 23. Oh, man. You guys fucked this one up. Everybody but Jacques. Um, How dare you? <laughs> quit rolling twos. Build me a better character next time. Actually, Derek, he rolled a three. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, over, over the distance, well, actually rapidly approaching. Um, uh, is a uh, wyvern, an adult wyvern, a large dark blue dragon. The wings are immense and its tail is tipped with a hook stinger and it has these two taloned feet and it kind of roars and as its head kind of rolls back you see it at an angle that you didn't see when it was far away and there is a uh, hobgoblin boy riding it. And he uh, knocks an arrow and points it at your party. And everybody roll initiative. Oh. 15 initiative. 21 initiative. 24. And 8. Yes. Okay, so it's like 120 feet off the ground and then a couple feet away from you. So 40. So I don't, I don't want to do triangle math, but it's close. Quick, um, do Wilburns have breath attacks? I don't know. You guys don't have knowledge arcana. So the wyvern uh, flies kind of in the general direction of your party. He's about 100 feet off. Um, he gets, uh, drops about 60 feet. So he's uh, 60 feet away from you all. And it's Tarashi's turn. I will hold my action, but I... Yeah, I hold my action. Uh, Laura... How far away is this wyvern riding fool? 
Uh, 60 feet. That means he's in range. Does a 36 hit. Uh, I'm shooting the rider. Yeah, 36 hits. All right, they take 39 damage, and they have a minus two to ability, attack rolls, saving throws, and skill checks. I'll see him make a ride check now. Out of the distance, another wyvern appears that you all did not pass this stealth check, perception check for. Um, and it's about 100 feet in the air, and it flies closer to you. This one also has a rider, uh, and it is Cyrix's turn. Uh, the one that's super close to me. Yes. Um, I stare at the wyvern, which gives it a negative three to its will save. Okay. Uh, and then I cast Greater Oniracor. On the wyvern? Yep. Make a will save. Uh, it's an 11, so no. Does not. So it, uh, is now, has a, like, scary stuff, um, and every round it fails its will save. It takes one point of strength damage. And when it finally makes its uh, save or the spell ends, it has to make a fortitude save or be fatigued. Does it also have to like full attack every round or something? The uh, Each round subject must make a full attack action against the nightmare creature. Uh, a flying creature can still attempt a fly check to hover. Okay. Well, it's going to be fun. Okay. Um, and a third wyvern flies into view. This one stays higher in the air, um, 120 feet-ish. Okay, Goblin's turns now. The first one is the one uh, Laura hit. He's going to attack twice with a short bow. He's going after who? To Laura. Oh, fair enough. A 20. It's been an honor serving all of you. Just a 20? Yeah. Oh, God, I forget my AC is actually garbage. My AC is actually 20. And then the second one's an 11. So Oof. Misses. Uh, take three points of damage. I feel like something weird is going to happen now. And make a fortitude save. Yeah, no, the wyverns will attack. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so it's the second one's turn. Um, he's going to take two shots at Cyrix. Um, a 21 and 12. Uh, 21 hits, 12 does not. Uh, take six points of damage. It is Jacques' turn. Yes, uh, none of them are on the ground, right? Right. I'm just going to delay until one of them lands. Uh, it's the third Obgoblin's turn. Uh, uh, he's going to delay a Taraja. Well, I guess it's back to the top of the order for old Taraja. Um, well, fuck. I will move close to this wyvern. I guess probably, I don't know, 30 feet away from my party and towards that first wyvern. And I will then cast Prayer. Okay. As a standard action, uh, that will give all my teammates a plus one on attack, damage, saves, checks, etc. That that wyvern and its rider are within forty feet of me, they get the exact opposite negative, and there's no save. It's that big old wyvern's turn, so he does uh, the full attack on the the mysterious thing, and then it'll take a will save. He's got to make sure he doesn't fall out of the air, so he's going to do hover check. Had a negative one. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh shit. Fuck. Uh, and a negative two because of Laura. Good job, Laura. Uh, so this is DC ten. Uh, he makes it. He gets a. He rolls uh, sixteen. God damn it. Does the pain thing affect will saves too? Yes. Or saves. No, just yeah. will saves yeah. and attacks. No, I'm Laura. Your thing. My yes, my. Uh... My bow minus two ability checks, attack rolls, saving throws, and skill checks. 
Alright, here comes the will save. Oh, 18. Oh so he only had a plus three modifier. Uh, it's a 21 to make the save. Okay, roll a fort save. And prayer effect saves? Yes. So this is at a minus three then. You said the spell prayer? Yeah. That doesn't get a save, right? Or No, no it's, it's safe for you. This, is, this is for greater and I record. Uh, 20. Okay. Uh, then he is... What happens if he's saved? He is not fatigued. Okay. Uh, that's Laura's turn. Weaver doesn't have to be fatigued, but Weaver does have to die. <laughs> Damn it, I keep doing that. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a 30, though. Okay, and you're shooting the Wyvern? Yeah. Yeah, it hits. All right, 39 damage, uh, but and I, the minuses don't stack. So the, the Hobgoblin on top attempts to do a fancy maneuver. He tries to do a barrel roll with the... Uh, the wyvern, but it rolls very slowly and it just hits him in the neck instead of the stomach. So 39 damage. 39 damage. How's it looking? Uh, not great. He says, boy, I wish you did 40 damage. You and me both. A wyvern 2's turn. Um, the hobgoblin on top of the wyvern is gonna pat it on the head and go, whoa boy, give me just a moment. And it'll deliver and delays uh, Cyrix's turn. Uh, I stare at this one. I swap my stare as a swift action. Okay. Um, I stare at him. I cast. <laughs> we'll see if you'll let me do this, Derek. I cast Silent Image to create a little roof over us. <laughs> to like create a little tent so that they wouldn't be able to see us from the air. A gazebo. Yes, a gazebo. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Gazebo protection. And I, I kind of whisper quiet enough so that nobody hears. None of the wyverns, gobble, hop goblins here, but I tell them all, this is, a, this is an illusion. You can see through it. So it's the third wyvern's turn. He flies back up into the air. And it's the hobgoblin's turn. He'll delay... The first Hobgoblin's turn, he'll delay. Um, Does anybody have the spell fly? No. How dare you assume we are prepared, Begley? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think any of us can learn fly as a spell. Both of our castery people are dead. Uh, the, sec- the second Hobgoblin also uh, delays in his Jacques' turn. Uh, and they're not. Are they on the ground yet? Nope. Then I do nothing. It's the third Hobgoblin's turn. He delays. Uh, Taraja. I will look at that hobgoblin on that wither, give him a little wink, and I will haul ass under the gazebo. Did you actually step out? Because that's probably a indication that it's not an illusion. It's a gazebo. It's only a roof and pegs. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because I was already out of it, because I'm sure that thing doesn't reach like 50 feet or whatever, no. 30 feet away. So I'm just going to move back under it, as if I'm taking cover. Well, I guess I, I might have to pull up my goddamn crossbow over this bullshit first wyverns the other the first wyvern uh, also begins to retreat <laughs> stupid bastards uh, so it's Laura's turn where do you think you're going outside of your first range increment how far away exactly uh, 200 feet I saw a belief in my powers of shooty woo and then I roll a 3 but it's still a 19 because I got plus 16 at a minus 2 does the 19 hit the weaver? No. Weaver. Oh, the weaver's so big. Um, and then this one also backs off. 
Uh, Cyrix. I step forward out of the gazebo. Well, no, I step towards the edge of it. Like I can peek out, but I'm still undercover, quote unquote. Staring at this hobgoblin and I cast, yes? I agree. And I cast command on the hobgoblin and I say, fly over here now. I prefer the aesthetic of the word come. Well, approach. approach on the ground. I don't think you can make that call. Okay, if you say if she it's, says approach, he's gonna go towards her. Yeah, but and yeah, and he can see around. he can see that like because the gazebo, the only way that he can see me through the gazebo is through the bottom part. So make a will save at a negative three. Yeah. Yep, eighteen. <sighs> he makes it. The Wyvernster. So it's it's just. So the the third wyvern kind of uh, flies forward uh, and then starts descending. So he's like 30 feet off the ground now. The hop goblins are all going to delay. Uh, Jacques, it's your turn. Yep, I'm done. Um, uh, Teresia. Very well. Uh, ooh, you draw what move? Fuck. Teresia will drop her shield. Oh. Pull her crossbow out, her light crossbow on her back. Move up there. Or whatever the angle is. Is 23 hit? Yeah. But the Hobgoblin's going to try a defensive maneuver and also fail. You hit the Wyvern. It takes two damage. Damn! Oh, God damn. I, I look over to Shock. If you have one, start loading it now. <laughs> uh, and just toss it to me. <laughs> I reach into my bag and I'm like, eh. Uh, pull out like some lint. Any ranged weapon will do. My dexterity is. That's good. So you're going to get cover, Taraja, probably. Um, the wyvern charges down and gets right there and will pack with, let's say, a stinger, I think. Yeah, do it, asshole. I'm sure I'll miss. Yeah, he's going he gonna to try to sting you. Oh, uh, gets a 17. You're a little bit more than halfway there. And the hobgoblin is going to act and do a ride by attack. Yes, get close. Does that mean I get the pack of opportunity or not? Uh, so like the closest of what it got was right here. Yeah, it's fine. If, if, it, if it doesn't make sense, that's okay, I was just asking. I mean, where you are though, it's like, you don't have 15 feet reach, do you? No, nah, that's cool. Again, if it, if not, that's cool. I was just asking. You, you will. Wait, would I get an attack of opportunity? Can you take attacks of opportunity through cover? Yeah. Well, I guess you guys don't have cover. Yeah, you can make one, Cyrix. Neat. 25 on the yeah. liver. 25 damage. That is Holy not what you're staring at, though. Ah, uh, fair. Then that would be um, 4 plus 7 is 11. 11 damage. Yeah. Okay. okay. Taraja does a 36 hit. That will actually hit me. Uh, 8 points of damage, Taraja. Ow. Then a 15 on the second hit. No. Laura. Uh, that's a 31 to the Weaver. The close one? Yep. Uh, yeah, that hits. 39 damage. How's it looking? Uh, Whoa. dead. That's good. Ooh, how's that, how's rider? that rider doing? <laughs> he having a nice fall? Okay. Uh, so the Hobgoblin falls off the Wyvern's back, uh, but manages to stay on his feet, even though he takes a little bit of damage. This one's going to fly down and go after Cyrix. With cover, so it's a plus two to your AC, Cyrix. I also trigger Mesmeric Mirror. 
you have to roll it? How many you have, or? No, I just get uh, two, two Syrixes appear okay. next to me. So there's three. So it's like mirror image light. Okay, that's 22 yeah. to hit. <clears throat> that would hit. Um, I'm roll 1d6, I'm 5-6. God, fuck you. <laughs> okay, you hit me. Uh, take seven points of damage as he hits you with a stinger. Let's give me a fortitude save. Wait, do I get a plus for the save? No. Do you get a plus one for me? Yes. Since you, oh yeah. Fuck me. Does it actually hit though? Because were you counting cover? I mean, I don't think it's cover. I think you'd have to make a will save to see through it. So is it a tent or is it a gazebo? Like functionally, that's the same thing. There's no sides to it. It's just like a roof. So if he lands, he's like right next to you on like. Yeah, he wouldn't get cover. Like maybe, okay. Um, if he was trying to like dive bomb me from above, he'd have to make a will save to see if he. No, he's he's getting next to you. Yeah. So he hit me because okay. he didn't hit either mirror image. And I rolled a 10 on my fourth save. Uh, two points of constitution damage. Fuck me. This is going for six rounds. Cyrix. <sighs> uh, full attack on the wyvern. I'm Please tell it. me we have a neutralized poison. Oh, I, do, I, do, I, do, I do. I do. I do. Twenty. Uh, miss. Well, yeah, <clears throat> you miss it by one because he charged. Wait, does prayer give me a plus one to attack? It does. It does. Then it's a twenty-one. It hits. Yeah, you hit. Twenty-eight damage. Twenty-six to hit. Yeah. Twenty-nine damage. So fifty-seven damage total. Uh, he's still not looking great though. But in attack range for all of you. Third Wyvern's turn. He's going to fly down next to where Jacques is. Five feet off the ground. Uh, triggers an attack of opportunity from Jacques. Oh, yeah. It's all good. Things are getting a little spicy down here on all the ground level. All according to Keikaku. I did mess up, though, but Jacques, go ahead. I'll retcon it. Why would you say that? Just 23 hit? Uh, yes. Okay. I got 34. Actually, I guess it doesn't really matter. So he's going to try to sting Jacques. Hit me, Daddy. To what? Hit me, Daddy. Oh, no. Uh, 23. Oh, I see it's 24. Okay. Um, so I should have had the Hobgoblin who was riding the Wyvern that went after Cyrix's attack on that round. So he's going to do it now. He's going to text Cyrix. Roll 1d6. Well, he's got to hit first. Oh, that's fair. A 22. Yeah, that hits. 1d6, I'm 5-6. You hit one of my mirrors, and it disappears, and now there's only two Syrixes. A 21. That would hit. 1d4, I'm 3-4. That's 4. 14 points of damage. (laughs) And then the Hobgoblin is going to shock Jack. 18. Miss. A 19. Full plate too good. So sorry. Um, and then it is Jacques' turn proper. Uh, seeing that she got hit with the stinger, Jacques' going to twirl the blade. And as he does, he's going to grab her on the shoulder. And uh, healing energy goes through. What is the... Well, God. Okay, so the DC of the poison is that... Is 28 beat the DC of the poison? Yeah. Okay, it is neutralized. And I heal for 19? Yeah, are you still fatigued? No. Why? Because yeah. I... Teresia casts Restoration on me. Okay, you're right, you're right. Well, I get rid of Fatigue, and I also get rid of uh, 
Alright, um, and then that's my standard to use it on an ally. Uh, as my... Oh, sorry. Did you move? I did not. Uh, she's next to me, so I'm just gonna grab her on the shoulder, and then with... I don't I don't have anything with my move action, but... Does, uh, does lay on hands provoke? No, no, it doesn't. Okay. Um, good question, good question. I, I checked before, just in case. Otherwise, what if I could step and whatnot. But yeah, I think I will I will then level my glaive at the Weaver. Um the Weavers are so there was a hint of magical beastiness, right? Yeah. Then I'm gonna smite the Weaver. I'll take the I'll take the roll I'll take the just in case it's not evil thing. What what do you mean just in case it's not evil thing? If it's evil I waste or not evil I, I don't I waste the smite kind of thing. Okay, you're smiting the weaver. Yes. Uh, it doesn't seem to have any effect. Damn sad days. All right, well, it's worth a shot. I'm more scared of the weaver in any way. I'm going to go ahead and five foot step back. Taraja. Taraja, the grunt across her face, drops her crossbow, recease, she's her shield, and swings at the weaver. 13 probably won't do it. Nope. Wait, does a 19 do it? Nope. So it's the hobgoblin from the first Weaver's turn, the one who would have attacked Haraja. Um, so he's standing outside of the gazebo. Dare you enter a gazebo of pain? This is our special place. So I'm going to say that he can get in. Yeah, get in it. But it's probably got like a like stairs to get in or something. Is it raised? No, it's just like a roof. Here, I'll... Derek, it's like down at Lion's Lake. It's that. It's okay. fucking that. <laughs> but I mean, I guess it did its purpose because they're all now on the ground. Oh, yeah. Great spell by by Bagley. Good good move. Very dumb otherwise. I just posted in the chat what I meant by a tent. Okay. I'd like to think that bag is there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Hobgoblin, five foot steps, and is going to attack Laura. 28. 28 hits. And a 19. A 19 does not hit. Uh, it is 13 points of damage. Ow. And it is Laura's turn. Now remember, you have... Everyone has compel alacrity and false flanker in them at all times. So if you need to move back a couple feet, Laura, you can without provoking an attack of opportunity. I think I will. How far can I get with uh, compel alacrity? 15 feet. I'm just going to eat myself back and then just look at that hobgoblin and I'm just going to shoot him. Oof, God, roll the two. Cannot roll good. Uh, but does an 18 hit the hobgoblin? Does not. Oof. Okay. I wish I could roll. I'm sorry, everyone. It's the wyvern's turn. He's going to go after Taraja. Let's go. 21. Close with no cigar. He goes in with Stinger and misses, and then he goes for a bite attack. And that's a very low number, so he misses. And then he goes in for it. Two wings. Secondary on the first one. Okay. And then gets a nine on the next one, so he misses. My shield blocks all foes. Now it's the Hobgoblin's turn, and he's going to go after Cyrix. That's 27. Roll 1d4. Misses, but destroys you. It's the mirror. I may recommend you step back. Uh, 24. I'm working on it. That hits. Uh, 16 points of damage. God, I'm hitting you fucking hard. Everybody else is like getting ones and twos, but it is Sirius's turn. I trigger compel alacrity and a GTFO 
if you five foot step, probably. I mean, I could. Okay, yeah, I'll just five foot step. Five foot step down, attack the Weber. Full attack. Yeah, flop him. Flop him. 29. That hits. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You're in range of two of them, so I assume you're oh, shit. Hitting, hitting the one you just hit, or that just hit you. Yeah. Yes. The yes. Okay. Top wyvern. Uh, roll 31 damage. Uh, it is dead. Can I use my other yes. attack? Okay. Um, I'm going to attack the hop that one underneath me then and swap my stairs to swift action. Oof. That one. Uh, <laughs> nope. And I just realized my no extremely poor positioning. What do you no, your positioning's great. No, that was yeah. a bad place you were in. Fuck okay. the hobgoblin, you're fine. I got healing if you need it. Okay. Okay, so, so let the, me die. I'm the last herald alive. Uh, the wyvern lands on the ground and uses his reach to go after Jacques with a stinger. Come on, sting me. 18 misses. So sad. It hits me in the chest of my full plate, but it just can't break through the magic armor. And I gotta look up the ride skill. So the hobgoblin uh, attempts a fast dismount off of the wyvern. So basically how this works is I have to make a DC 20 ride check. If Mm -hmm. I succeed, it's a free action to dismount and I can get into melee range. If I fail, it's a move action and I just done fucked myself. So I need to roll higher than a five. What the fuck did I just do? Well, so it's DC 20, I got a 30. So he dismounts five foot steps and attacks Jock. Um, that is a 22 and a 20. Nope. And Jacques, it is your turn. Sweet. How are you looking, Cyrix? So with the two con damage, I only have 38 HP, and I'm at 24 uh, wounds. So that would mean I have 14 HP right now. I mean, I could probably survive another hit. I'll five foot step here. Ooh, I don't want to get myself flanking. Don't oh, do that. Don't, go, I, yeah, don't do that. I'll go here, and then I'll hit the one next to Cyrix. After smiting it. Uh, um, yeah, the, the smite takes. Thank God. Does a 31 hit? Yes. 40 damage. Dead. Sweet. Um, then I'll hit the Weaver. Okay. That's actually 28. Yes, that hits. 31 damage. Ooh, if I went from a plus 20 with the smite to a plus 10, or plus 11, sad days. All right, then I deal 31 to that weaver. Okay, it is still up, but not looking great. Teresia. Like five foot step. I'm going to begin a full attack on the goblin to myself. Does a 32 hit? Yes. It'll take 11 damage. Does a 14 hit? No. Does an 18 hit? No. Okay, that ends my turn. Bye bye. Laura's turn. Fuck up that weaver. My Weaver and friend. No fun damage for me. There we go. Does a 32 hit? Yeah. Well, it takes 39 damage. Uh, you and I, I haven't... Oh, is it dead? Yeah, you killed all the Weaverns. Yeah, fuck your air support. Have you been rolling your non-lethal? Oh, no. You missed four. So it's the... Uh, the Hobgoblin next to Jacques... You know, five foot step there. Smart. And that's a 30 and a 27. No, you do the math, yeah. A 30 and a 27. That's, yeah, you're right. Both of those hit. 
Uh, so he strikes out with two blows from his bastard swords, doing a total of 27 damage. Cyrix, uh, play a Thor. Uh, I swap my stare to this goblin if I wasn't staring at him already. I don't think so, because I killed that one underneath me. Or tried to. Uh, okay. so swap it to this guy and full attack. 16? No. 17? No. 18? No. Okay. Hmm. So this one... So he he thinks that uh, his best option is to uh, get a kill, because he doesn't think anything is going to... Because he doesn't think he can, he can he, so he's, he gonna, he's gonna take gone. three attacks of opportunity. He's gonna take three attacks of opportunity to get into flanking with his friend on right. Jock. Roll him. Thirty-eight damage. So Jock succeeds his and does thirty-eight damage. Taraja, what do you do? I most likely miss with a seventeen. Yes. I roll a twenty-one. Uh, miss. Twenty-two with, with the bonus set. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yes. Miss. Fuck you. So after all that effort, he rolls a two and a three. So he, so Jock kind of trips him up, and and then he's like overconfident because he doesn't die to the three of you. And then he's just like, "Ooh, I'm such a badass!" And then he kind of whips the sword, and then it just kind of tinks off to Jock's armor. Um, I mean, I assume a fifteen doesn't hit Jock, correct? Not correct. Yeah. Well, it is your turn. I will take a five-foot step this way and mm. say, this is how you do it, and I'll swing at this guy. The one that's smited or the one that's not smited? Uh, neither of them are smited. Um, the smited oh, yeah. one is dead. Okay. The one on the left, which is not smited, is a 34. The one, the one outside the gazebo? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So does that 45 damage kill it? Not quite. Okay. Um, real quick, it's not 45 damage. It's actually 36. Uh, does a 16 hit? No. Taraja, they do both look weak enough where you can take them down in this turn. Can I, can I quickly say, uh, Jacques, I want Jacques to quickly say, surrender or die. I'll take the second option there, Jacques. Oh my god, you fucking bitch. <laughs> you 18, lo- 18, 20, 18. You are rolling worse than Greg ever did. I rolled, I was rolling two, a nine, and a fucking four. Uh, yeah, all of those miss. Uh, Laura. Does a 26 hit that one off the left? Yeah. Well, then he takes 39 damage and takes the minus two to all those things that I keep saying. Uh, he's dead, though. Rest in peace. Oh, we accidentally deleted out a guy, too. Does this mean we just win? Sierra's mm-hmm. finished the job. I take a five foot step back. And full attack. While staring. Try to get these guys alive. 23. Uh, it hits exactly. 37 damage? Fuck! Yeah. God damn, look at that damage. That's pretty good. That's two away from max. So, uh, good news or bad news? He had a bomb strapped to his dick. Bad first. Yeah, bad um, news first. So, in in the... In not super far away, do you guys remember that, uh, hop, or the wyvern nest with all the babies? Yeah. Yeah, you sense a little tiny bit of movement coming under, from underneath the grass and the bones and the leaves and stuff. Oh no! Oh no! Mommy's mad. The good news is that this hobgoblin had thirty-six hit points left, and he is dead. And that's the end of our broadcast week. That is not the end of our broadcast week. We jump back to the K 
cavern with a uh, little Navi staring in the mirror and she's holding this rapier in her arms and if you guys were actually watching this scene you would recognize it as Truxton's rapier the dealer's blade and she kind of taps the mirror with it and we see the scene of Jacques and Cyrix and Laura and Gorgug and Truxton walking along this dock and then finding a body uh, one that has a holy symbol and then for some reason the mirror kind of like examines the images that's going on in Truxton's mind and he goes back to this time where this there was an area full of green fog and the town was in long shadow and you guys fought three doppelgangers and it kind of just clicks in his mind and as you guys are walking back to the temple to confront the cleric he uh, sneakily breaks off and you guys don't realize it until maybe it's too late he walks to the the workplace of Garrett and Garrett's like at his desk taking a nap and Truxton sneakily walks in behind him and just plunges his rapier into Garrett's neck and as the life drains out of his eyes Garrett reverts to a doppelganger very meticulously Truxton kind of like stuffs his body into the back of the dealer and pulls out some paper and some ink and writes a note and expert forgery he uses some documents that are on the desk of Garrett and posts a little note on the door that says he's going to be out for a while and then walks out of the town and asks a guard on his way out where where you all went and the guard tells him the direction you guys went to and he starts walking towards you again Truxton was never super reliable and he sometimes would leave loose ends so as the camera backs out of the mirror the bag of the dealer is sitting on Navi's bed and there's an arm of a doppelganger gently flopped out onto the bed and that is the end of our broadcast week you sneaky bitch <laughs> every time you say that I add it I keep it in the intro you see killing is strong in the Pendleton blood This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Incorporated. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com forward slash community use. For more information about Paizo Incorporated and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. Iron Fang Invasion is copyright 2017. Iron Fang Invasion and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo.